<laughs> you wear orange ties all the time. Yes. Um, I don't know if I can bring myself to wearing a pink tie every day, but maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll have to pick something up from you and you be the orange tie guy and I'm the pink tie guy. You, you got to go to Amazon. I ordered like nine of them in like one shot just so <laughs> I had them. <laughs> I got this at Walgreens. I'm pretty sure. Good morning and welcome to yet another episode of the Coffee with Jason podcast. On today's episode, Jason is hanging out with Troy Graham. They'll be chatting about customer care and how to maintain a healthy relationship. Grab that much needed closers coffee and perk up for these great morning tips with your host, Jason Harris. But first, a quick word from our sponsor... For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Coffee with Jason. Today, I have my guest, Troy Graham all the way from the great state of Michigan. Currently from the great state of Michigan, currently. which currently. I'm, actually, I'm actually going to be out in Detroit next week. So I love Michigan. I'm super excited to get, to get back out there. Um, and Troy, for everybody that's, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, um, for, for everybody out there that's uh, watching or listening um, and may not know your background or kind of what you do in the industry, if you can kind of give us that two minute origin story that is Troy Graham. <laughs> we'll start off there. <laughs> well, you know, if you, if you want to talk origin story, I, I actually got in the car business by accident. Uh, the, the day I got hired in the car business, I was actually hired to work at a carnival uh, selling pots and pans and knives. I, I, I took a guy for a, uh, a drive for an interview. Uh, he came out and said they hired me. I'd been selling Kirby vacuum cleaners with this guy. <laughs> I grabbed the, uh, I, I grabbed the sheet, walked in, said, I need one of these sheets. It was go down, take your physical and, and your drug test. And they said, well, why should we hire you? I said, well, I sold more Kirby's than him. I can sell more cars. He said, well, how many cars do you think you can sell? Like, well, I've never sold cars before. So my first month, <laughs> I'm probably going to do 30 cars. <laughs> of course, their eyes got big and, and I got, I got hired completely by accident. So in a, in a different, in a different world, I'm working a carnival outside of Wichita today. So that is uh, freaking awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say that is awesome. Completely by accident. Uh, you know, my first month I put three half car deals together. Um, <laughs> I think I may have overshot. You know, just just uh, a little, right? <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, worked in Michigan. Uh, started right here in West Michigan, where I am now. Um, moved out uh, of the cold uh, out to uh, Southern California. Spent 10 years in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, 10 years in Atlanta. Uh, spent the last four years up on the East Coast. Uh, I've worked for, you know, two very large public companies. Um, I'm working for a mid-range company uh, right now, handling their variable operations for them uh, across all dealerships. Um, and I'm just the luckiest guy in the world that he didn't call somebody else to give him a, give him a ride to the dealership. So <laughs> that, that is so cool. We never know how we kind of get into this industry, but once you're in this industry, you're just kind of in it. Like it, it seeps into your bones. It just kind of becomes a part of who you are and your identity. And I just, I, I just love this industry so much. And you've been in it for how long now? Since 91. 
Yes. Um, so it, it's, it's been a full career for you. Now, um, yeah. I, I wanted to get right into our conversation today because just before we started this podcast, we had some amazing conversation about who is your best customer. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we both agree. I think there is some confusion about who is your best customer. So I want you to go ahead and start this off by telling me a little bit about what we were talking about earlier. Who do you think our best customer is? Well, you know, the misconception is our best customer is the guy who's out shopping for a car and how can we get a hold of them when, when the reality is that our best customer, they're the one we have right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the people who are already making a decision to come to our dealership, you know, for any number of reasons. And I think that customer gets forgotten. You know, you, you can use the phrase, you know, uh, you know, dance with your date. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times that once we sell that customer, we're now looking for a different customer. Yes. Instead of understanding that this person is 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 seed for us. You know, not only did they buy a car, but, you know, I mean, let's be honest with you. When is really the last time anybody sold the spouse a car or the son a car or the sure. uncle a car or the aunt a car or the neighbor a car? But, you know, even beyond that, if, if you were to count all the people that walked in, in your dealership today, tomorrow, and you put one person in the service drive and you put one person on the showroom floor and they counted every single person that comes in, that guy in the service drive is going to have a heck of a lot more, more tick marks on his, on his yellow legal pad. There's going to be a lot of opportunities. And then to your point, you're 100% right, is that for some reason as an industry, and, and some, do, some dealerships actually do a really good job of this, but I think it's probably fa- safe to say that a majority don't, is that they don't see necessarily those service customers as actual opportunities, but just a, a service customer. You know, stay, stay on your side of the wall. You're, you're a service customer. <laughs> and, you know, if you think about it, it's something I've told people forever, you know, I ask them, you know, so why is someone coming to the dealership? Why are they here? We ran an ad, 0% financing. We have the hot product. We went ahead and did a direct mail piece. And what I remind them is, no, there, there's something that happened 90 seconds to 90 days ago that now makes their current transportation not work for them anymore. Mm-hmm. And guys sometimes laugh about the 90 seconds. I'm saying, well, the guy has the $4,000 car in the shop and he gets a $6,000 bill on it. It's about 90 seconds later. <laughs> yep. You're ready for something different. Yep. hundred percent. And, and I think if you go with the basic assumption of somebody is here because what they're driving now doesn't work for what their life is like now. Yep. And you take a look at the, the two areas that we know, like we know, like we know that these events are going to happen. It's your lease maturities and your service. Mm-hmm. Th- those are the two places. And we actually know they're happening. Like it's not just a wild ass yeah. guess. Like we, we yeah. really know, Hey, they're going to be coming in. Like we, we don't have to call them. We don't have to put tons and tons of marketing dollars in to try and acquire them back into They're They're coming. <laughs> Whether we want them to or not. Yes. I mean, we're not stopping that customer from coming in. Uh, we also know that they have a very specific uh, issue that's happening to them. Mm-hmm. Lease return person, their lease is up. I mean, they literally have to make a decision. Uh, the service customer, we know that they're probably 
happy with the dealership because they're coming in. Uh, they're probably happy with the product that they're driving. Um, and we all learn that first 90 seconds in a car business. If, if they like the dealership and they like the product, all you got to do is get them to like you and everything else is easy. Yes. You know, I mean, to paraphrase meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I love the fact that you just quoted meatloaf. I just want yeah. to take a moment to acknowledge well, that. Well, you just, I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a good time to let you know that everything you, you, you need to learn from life is contained in uh, Bad Out of Hell and the movie Roadhouse. <laughs> Bad Out of Hell is actually one of my favorite albums. I mean, literally, my family can, we can actually, I mean, you know, uh, Dashboard Lights. I mean, literally, I, I can recite the entire thing. I know I'm geeking out right now, but anyway, someone's going to go, what the hell is that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> go get it. Go get, get it on iTunes. Get it on iTunes. There's no less I love it. We can almost stop the podcast right there, right? It's just like, you know, everything you need to know about selling and maintaining customers can be found in Bad Out of Hell. <laughs> Roadhouse. Exactly. That's right, in Roadhouse. I can actually picture it right now. <laughs> that's so cool. But actually, let's deep dive into that a little bit more because that's yeah. totally true, right? Is that, you know, we, we think that you know, we're always kind of having to uh, fill that bucket when we have this amazing bucket. So the kind of the, the next question is then what strategies, what do we do that's both <clears throat> tactical and strategical, all right, to ensure that on a regular basis that we are uh, treating those customers the way they should be, right? And then how do we kind of bring them back into their purchasing cycle? So I, I, I think it goes back to, and we, we've kind of talked about this uh, earlier, um, you know, the word relationship that gets thrown around all the time. Yes. Uh, it's an ill-defined word. We, we throw okay. it out because it's a placeholder. Um, and if, if we actually think about what it is human to human, what a relationship is, it's the one thing we don't do. Mm -hmm. So if I had a friend of mine and I never called them and I never stopped by their house and I never did anything special for them, until I needed money from them, I'm probably not going to get a very warm welcome. No, probably not. Wait, I think I have a couple of friends like that. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go, go through and there's people who they come up on the phone and it's immediately, you know, reject. Yep. I, I think that's a relationship that we have with our customers. It's very is, true. I, I'm, I, I'm, I've met you. We shared an event together. You got something out of it. I got something out of it for an hour or two hours or a week. Um, I got to know about you. You got to know about me. It was a wonderful time. And now for the next three years, uh, you're not going to have any contact with me. I'm not going to have any contact with you. And then all of a sudden I give you a call one day asking you, Hey, can I borrow, you know, can I borrow some money from you? That person's not going to be receptive. And, and I think particularly on the lease maturities, you know, these dealerships, everywhere in the country run this fire drill on here's these people who are going to be terming their lease in the next 90 to 60 days. Well, they've been in the car for three years. Exactly. And this is the first time that we're really kind of reaching out to them, right? It's, yeah. I, I guess it was really the concept is really bringing customer care back into the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've always kind of thought as, as customer care as kind of a, it's like the last, the end of the totem pole when it comes to your marketing dollars, right? It's like, I'm going to spend my money here, 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 here. And oh yeah, if I have a little left over, like a little, 
we'll throw it into some type of customer care activity or, mm-hmm. or efforts as along that line. Um, but, but who likes that type of relationship, right? Three years I've been, I've, I've been connected with you and now I'm just now getting a call. Right. And, and you know, the, the conversation I have with salespeople all the time is you sold more cars in the last nine months than you're going to sell this month. You have more prospects from people you sold a car to over the last nine months than you're ever. I don't care how many cold calls you yeah. ever make. This I don't care how many mailers you make. I don't care how much money I spend on advertising. It doesn't come close to the amount of contacts you have over the last nine months. And what have you done? And when you look at the service drive, you know, if you really think about that, you have goods and services and, and an ill-defined term service. You know, are we a repair facility or are we a service facility? Good point. I really like that. A a large um, uh, public group actually doesn't refer to it as service. They, they refer to it as customer care. This is, I like that. That makes so much sense because that's really what it is, right? We're, we're taking care of you and your vehicle. We take care of you as an individual and we take care of your vehicle. Actually, no, that's a good point. Do we do that? You know, it's like we do a decent job of taking care of the vehicle, but do we really do a decent job of taking care of the client? Are we fixing problems or are we taking care of our customer? And and you take a look and I think we get wound up a lot of times on, you know, all kinds of metrics in a service department and we forget the most important thing is, number one, it's probably our neighbor because most of us, Mm -hmm. most of us work pretty pretty close to where, where we live. Uh, number two, customer was nice enough to buy a car from us at one point, or at least the manufacturer at one point. And we have no contact with them, you know, other than maybe a wave in, in, in the service area. Um, you know, maybe if, if a service manager, you know, isn't hitting their numbers, we'll send out coupons. But why are we sending them coupons? Are we sending them coupons because they've earned and deserve them? Are we sending them coupons because we feel they're important? Yes. Are we sending them coupons because we're not going to hit our, our number this month? You know, I actually think that's a really good point, Troy, right? I mean, you think of any good relationship. I mean, any relationship, right? We're talking friends or business or loved ones, all right? There is, you know, we inherently show either knowingly, unknowingly, um, a level of appreciation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, how many dealerships out there are really showing appreciation, you know, and what does that look like to, you know, what does it look like for a dealership to show appreciation to those customers? Yeah. And, and I, you know, the conversation I've had for an awful long time, particularly when a guy says, well, I, I need some salespeople. I'm like, well, you're probably right. So what do you need? Well, I need a good 15, 20 car a month guy. I need a tenured salesperson. And I'm like, well, why don't you hire nice people? Why don't you hire kind people? Why don't you hire people whose parents raised them the right way? And we'll teach them how to sell cars. Okay. A goat with a note in its mouth in this day and age with the internet can sell a car. Okay. It, what we need are those people who have, who have it in them that, you know what, this person as a person's important to me. I'm going to help them get a car, but then I really actually do want to stay in touch with them. You know, we want to create a relationship. That's what we got to be hiring for is people that want to create and know how to create relationships. I, I, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm actually not 
the best at that. I, I have to be intentful about maintaining relationships and creating relationships, you know, because, um, you know, as, as a kid, I moved around a lot like a, a lot, you know, almost every 12 months we were in a different location. So I never got to the point, like, I mean, I, I have friends that have friends, you know, when they, from kindergarten, I couldn't even tell you uh, three names of people I went to high school with because it was mm-hmm. just too many different ones. Right. So, but, but to your point, it's that ability to create the relationship and maintain the relationship. If we can find those people, hire those people, we can train them to sell cars. <laughs> but, you know, as we're talking, I, I think, I think we do such a disastrous job on the first date sometimes. Yeah. I think the, um, the lack of preparedness and mastery of a sales process is so clunky. And we feel that we maybe haven't earned the right to be their friend. You know, as we're having this conversation, that's kind of going through there. You know, mm-hmm. you know maybe the deal got a little acrimonious. Uh, maybe which, which can happen and it's okay. Sometimes it, it does. Right. It can happen. You know, maybe we didn't fulfill all of our obligations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe there's things that are, are preventing us because we're guilty about reaching back out to them. Mm, yes. And, and sometimes it might just be fear. If I call them and they have a problem, what will happen? Mm, and yeah. I think that it goes to another very ill-defined word, uh, culture. You know, um, you know, where, well, I called this customer and they had a problem and the sales manager's like, well, why'd you do that? Tell them we're not going to help them. Sure. So what that's telling the salesperson is, well, I should never call my customers because if they have a problem, I'll have to call them back and tell them we can't help them. You know, that's such a good point. I think definitely one was your highlight, right? I think one of the reasons why we're dealerships are concerned or, or maybe, maybe even somewhat uh, fearful of investing in customer cares because they don't actually want to know that there's right. an issue because once you know there's an issue, well, you're, you're responsible. You, you, now you're going to have to be accountable, you know, for that. Right. But that's, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself and that was going to be the next question. I was going to ask you like, how do we maintain this relationship? You know, dealerships are listening to this and watching this. Like I want to give them that takeaway of how do we maintain that relationship? And I think that's, that's how we do it. Right. By reaching out to them and, asking if they're happy, but addressing whatever those are, that's maintaining the relationship, right? Well, I, I, you know, think about the, think about the relationships that you have sure. in your life. Um, how often do you ask the relationships in your life? Are you happy? Are you happy with me? It's a good point. It, 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 it goes back. And again, we were talking about it is for some reason, there's this, this alternate reality that happens in a car dealership and humans stop being humans and mm-hmm. car salesmen stop being car salesmen. And we forget that, you know, we're, 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 we're talking apes. I mean, that, that's all it yeah. is. I mean, we, we drive cars, but we're not that far away from, you know, swinging through trees. And <laughs> that's I, true. I, I think if, if we think about how we maintain relationships with the people around us and the things that we do um, and translate that instead of into a 17 step process with accountability and a masterful CRM and a uh, a customer care university that involves a $15,000 mailer and just think about how do I maintain a friendship? How do I maintain a relationship in my personal life? Yep. And it's pretty simple. Um, 
We find things that we have in common. We communicate on a regular basis without wanting anything in return. Um, and we find reasons to be together. Yes. And I think right now the relationship is every time a car dealership, regardless of who it is in the dealership, is contacting a customer, it has the same core item. For sure. I would like something. Yeah, it's it's um very self-serving, right? It's yeah. it's about it's about me and my needs. It's not necessarily about the dealerships or the customer and their needs, right? So, and, and actually, you mentioned something, and I do want to go back to this because um, I do have a lot of I have met a lot of dealerships that say, "Oh no, 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 we do we do participate in customer care." All right, it's called our CRM. You mm-hmm. know, and, and, like that's not. Wait a second here. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, but they, no. they they think that that seventy five day call and that one hundred twenty five day call and the three sixty five day call and the the eighteen month call the you know thirty seven month call like for some odd reason their impression is that that's what customer care is. But to your point, that's not right. Like you, I mean, I'm thinking of some of the best sales people I've ever met. I'm sure some of the, like some of the best sales people that you know, what is one trait that's consistent among all of them that either knowingly or unknowingly, they're amazing at creating and maintaining relationships. Yeah. And, and I think it goes back to that. Um, uh, no strings attached contact. Yes. I like that. No strings attached contact. How often do we participate in campaigns like that? Yeah. And it, it's, well, it's, it's as simple as um, a birthday card. Good point. Okay. Yeah. You know, most people's mail is filled with things that they don't want. You know, when was the last time that somebody felt it was important? Send a, send a birthday card to somebody. Handwritten yeah, birthday. True. <laughs> um, you walk into any showroom anywhere in the country, there's plenty of idle time. Um, wishing someone happy birthday is, is, there's no strings attached to that. We simply wish you a happy birthday. Um, keeping you uh, updated on the things that are happening in your life. You know, when I, you know, you go back 20 years when I was a salesperson, you know, we would have, you know, four page little newsletters we'd send out. Oh, well, that's cool. You, we don't have to do that anymore. I, no, you know, I'd have to digital, right? <laughs> digital. So are we being social on our social media with these customers? You know, are we going through and, and again, it's not about how well you can fake sincerity. Okay. <laughs> okay. If, if someone thinks, yeah, I can, you know, I can act like I care. It, it really has to come down to a culture of we operate because we think customers are going to be better off buying a car from us than buying a car for someone else. hundred percent. And the dealerships who do that well are always successful. The dealerships who think I'm better off if they buy a car from me, they're always struggling Mm -hmm. and it's always a fire drill. You know, last day of the month, you know, you got 14 cars out on the 30th and the 31st, you had a 12 car day. That's totally true. Um, is because you weren't thinking every day on how you can properly connect with, with your customers and your employees. So I guess if we're going to circle back to, um, you know, relationship is, is how did, how did we all learn how to be in a relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, 
Um, you traveled around a lot. I did too. I, you know, two daughters and, and I've told you where, you know, where I've lived and, and how many things you moved around. So where, where we learned relationships from was from our family. Yep. You know, we learned how to act in a relationship. We earned, we learned what was important and what wasn't. And if you don't have that relationship all the way through that, that type of relationship thinking all the way through your dealership, you can't expect it to go outside. Yes. So if you're going to have a dysfunctional family, <laughs> okay, guess what's going to happen when we go outside, when the kids grow up and leave, they're going to, they're going to be dysfunctional. Yes. So I, I think if you, if you continue to backtrack this up and you say, what makes, you know, a good relationship, it's what are we teaching our people? You know, what's the owner yeah. teaching the general manager? What's the general manager teaching his, his executive team? What's the executive team teaching his sales managers? What are his sales managers teaching his salespeople? You know, I can tell you that when I see uh, the guy in the cleanup department um, being treated badly by a salesperson, when I see the person cleaning up the floors being treated badly by a sales manager, I know that store has problems. No, because I mean, and that's a good point, right? I mean, look, we move metal, but we're a people business. Right. Both ways, right? Mm-hmm. You know, both, both, both the employees and the customers come in. I mean, we are a people business. And, and you know, I've had the opportunity, and you have too, to be in a, to be in a lot of different dealerships. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can guarantee you, I'm very confident set to say that a consistent trait of all the successful dealerships, all right, is that they realize they're in the people business first and move and metal business second. Yeah, because that, I mean, we don't, you know, and I was told, I was told a little bit different. We, we sell people, not cars. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what it is, right? You know, I, I think, you know, to kind of wrap up, you know, what we're kind of saying here and for everybody who's listening or watching to kind of take home this nice, beautiful package is that we're saying relationships are work. Okay. You need to be intentful mm-hmm. about the time that you put into them. And, and I love, I love the, the phrase you put there together was um, uh, no string attached calls. You know, I mean, if you are going to use a CRM and your, and your dealership is pushing you to use a CRM, which a lot do, okay, is that that phone call needs to be a no, you need to have a no string attached phone call or at least a series of those in there because that shows that, you know, you're more than just about the servicing or the, or the purchasing of the vehicle, but it's you, you do have them at the center of your intent when it comes to that reaching out. And uh, we've been talking a lot about relationships, you know, both loved ones and personals and friends. And I think that's what really makes that connection is when you put that individual at the center of your, at the center of your intentions. That, that they're important to you because of who they are, not what they can do for you. Ah, see, I think that's really important. And that is the, you know, most of us have a pretty good BS detector in this business. And typically when, when we're around someone who is like, yeah, that guy's really more, you know, more interested in what I can do for him Mm -hmm. than who I am. um, Our guard goes up. Well, there's a lot of other people out there who are customers who have that BS detector also. For sure. And I think when we, when we make it a process, instead of a way of life when it is a unnatural construct, whether than simply realizing how important these people are, when our words don't match our actions, mm-hmm. you know, we care about our customers. 
right up until you have a problem. <laughs> That's right very true. You disagree with us. Um, you, you have to take a look and say, you know, how important is this customer? What is this customer worth to me? And what is this relationship worth to me? And what am I doing every day to maintain it? Just like I maintain any other relationship. And if you're not good at it, sometimes you need therapy. And sometimes you need to understand how to better communicate. But if, if you don't have a good relationship with your employees, you can never expect them to have a good relationship uh, with your customers. 100%. And it's kind of like what you said earlier, right? We are in the people business. You know, mm -hmm. Troy, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, jam with me today. I, I really, really appreciate you, you know, stepping away from your busy day and coming out and hanging with me. Hey, for everybody out there that's listening or watching to this and would love to connect with you, what's the best way to do so? Right through LinkedIn. Uh, you know, it's available to everybody. It's open 24 hours a day. Um, so if, if they wanted to get a hold of me, uh, it's, it's Troy Graham. I actually think my picture, I have this exact same tie on it. <laughs> you wear orange ties all the time. Yes. Um, I don't know if I can bring myself to wearing a pink tie every day, but maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll have to pick something up from you and you be the orange tie guy and I'm the pink tie guy. You, you got to go to Amazon. I ordered like nine of them in like one shot. Just so <laughs> I, had them. I, I got this at Walgreens. I'm pretty sure. Walgreens. So, it's the best. <laughs> hey, thanks again, Troy. I really appreciate you taking the time to jam with me today. Thanks, Jason. You have a wonderful day. You too. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comments section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.